In our first episode of the year, we look at the pension sector in Africa and why broader policy discussions are necessary to propel it further. Good morning, Africa. Happy New Year and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ruth Adong. African pension funds are the largest pool of institutional capital on the continent with an estimated assets under management of approximately $350 billion. Experts say, with further development and appropriate regulation for local pension funds and other institutional investors with longer-term investment horizons could enable these financial institutions to become important sources of local finance for infrastructure and other longer-term socioeconomic development needs in Africa. We speak to Benjamin Muchibi, Manager Research and Strategy at Uganda Retirement Benefits Regulatory Authority. What is the current state of the pension sector in Africa? But uh, if you look at it from the African perspective, the young countries that are doing well, like uh, Botswana, like uh, Mauritius, like uh, South Africa, they are doing very well in the sense that their markets are well developed and their interventions to extend coverage are also advanced because uh, they are making sure that more of their um, workers or uh, citizens are included in uh, this uh, aspect of saving for retirement. So there are countries that are doing well, but if you look at it from the continental perspective, all the African countries are struggling. If you compare the, uh, Africa to, say, India to Latin America, of course the numbers are big in Asia, but uh, when you look at the small pockets, Hong Kong, China, and all that, for them, even the nature of their policies. When it is mandatory, it's mandatory. Everybody must be good. Even Rwanda is doing the same. So countries that are a bit stronger on enforcement of law, when there's no way around it, seem to do better with mandatory uh, contributions uh, for, from both employer. And the coverage is so low in Africa, except for countries which I don't have so many people, like uh, Namibia, Botswana. Those ones, the colonialists stayed longer. They influence a lot of decisions, and some of the capabilities were said the notice changed. So people continue to save, and uh, the populations are not very big. Botswana is very rich in terms of minerals. So, and they formed the very first president, uh, did a good job to set up an environment that allows everybody to afford it. So, their funds are among the biggest in the region of Africa. Even the way they invest, they are not as conservative. Botswana, invest in South Africa and other places in the world. Because they have a lot of money and the country is so small, so they are spreading their wings elsewhere. When we talk East Africa, Rwanda is a unicorn. What are they doing different that has them ahead of the curve in the pension sector? The East African region is not doing well. Apart from Rwanda that has uh, tried to extend the scope to cover non-salaried workers. Those are people that don't get a monthly paycheck. Uh, some people refer to them as uh, informal sector workers, but uh, they refer them to be non-salaried workers, those people who do not expect the regular flow of income. So for them, they have what they call the Injoheza or Injoheza scheme. It's for everybody, including foreigners. Once you are transacting, you do business, you are getting some earnings, then you have to contribute to that. So Kenya, Uganda, we've made baby steps to extend the scope of coverage for that client group. But there's a lot that must be done. Even Ron is struggling. Those members that are not eligible for 
the formal arrangements like the NSSF, like uh, the, the existing voluntary educational schemes or the public service pension fund. Those members that do not qualify or do not work in those entities or do not qualify, say, to contribute to the NSSF, those are not getting any salary, like informal sector workers, are excluded completely. What I can say is that the region is not doing well. Rwanda is a bit ahead in terms of extending the scope to that client group that I've discussed with you. But the rest of us are all making reforms to make sure that we have a better sector in as far as uh, addressing the contingencies of old age. How big an issue is political will in transforming the pension sector across Africa? Of course, the policy and making process and government challenges. Politics delays the policy agenda. So there's back and forth, there are debates, different interest groups, and this undermines uh, what we, you would think would be an easy thing to do because we all appreciate people need to save for retirement, but there are so many competing needs and interests. So these ones undermine the pace at which uh, you would want uh, the reform to take place, and we are mindful of that. So we are saying we shall take the baby steps because we believe that the policies must change with support of all the stakeholders. And the stakeholders are people in different sectors. How key is benefits design to the growth of the sector? And uh, across the board, we are all working to ensure that we widen the scope, we get people involved, and also to educate the people to understand this better. The main, main thing we must do, and uh, what we have been discussing at uh, the continental level, is uh, looking at um, benefits design and adequacy. Benefits design in a sense that what is it we are seeking to address and adequacy is about will these savings be enough for those people who save for retirement. So most of the African countries are now looking at redesigning from the colonial perspective to a new perspective that looks at Africans as people who are going to live longer as Africans that will not necessarily have salary employment, but they are working and they are getting an income in some way. So that is the broad agenda within the region. And the expectation is that um, in the next 50 years, we shall have changed the whole outlook to the retirement sector. That was Benjamin Muchibi, Manager Research and Strategy at Uganda Retirement Benefits Regulatory Authority. And a look at the markets, Nigerian stocks traded up 0.57% or 131 billion naira as interest in equities continued to rise, helping the yield so far this year advance 2.66%. Newly admitted BUS cement contributed most to the climb as investors pledged 10.1 billion naira on the stock, equivalent to 81.2% of the total value of shares traded, supported by Lafarge and FBN Holdings. There were 31 gainers compared to nine losers, which made the market record a positive breadth. The all-share index added 246.48 basis points to close at 43,854.42, while market capitalization jumped to 23.6 trillion naira at the end of trade. A total of 395.2 million shares estimated at 12.4 billion naira were traded in 3,923 deals. 
Arabica Coffee Futures on the International Commodity Exchange were trading around $2.4 at the start of 2022, not far from the 10-year high of above $2.5 set on December 6th, amid a deterioration in the outlook for Brazil's crop with drought and frost in 2021, denting prospects and fears that recent rains have been excessive in some areas. At the same time, persistent shipping bottlenecks caused by COVID-19 restrictions rise in global demand, higher costs of fertilizers and fuels, and ongoing labor shortages should continue to exert upward pressure on coffee prices. Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, in its latest report, forecasts world coffee production for 2021-2022 to fall by 8.5 million bags from the previous year to 167.5 million primarily due to the drop in Brazil's coffee production. Global consumption is seen rising to 1.5 million to 164.9 million bags in the same period. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at Withadong on Twitter.